Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Monday morning, feel like I'm ready, uh, ready to get at it. And that's actually a lie, dude. Your boy's exhausted. I'm very tired myself. Sitting over here like, dude, maybe this sip of coffee is going to be the one that's going to kick it up for me. And it, nope. it, it, is, it has not happened yet. Nope. Nope. What, uh, what, 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 what happened with you? What's, uh, what's your story? What well, you I, uh, Saturday I was out in uh, Market Square. I did the, uh, uh, that event for the Be a Better Me uh, Foundation with Lamar Sharp. Give me some details. How was everything? Tell me about, uh, tell me about Officer Sharp and well, his friends. Luckily, they had a different dunk tank this year okay. where you couldn't just walk by and smack the handle. Like, they, like that, the handle was inside like another cage or whatever, and so like, you couldn't just like, walk up and hit it. So that was good. But they were letting these kids stand like three feet away from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Almost like it was all about the kids and not all about stands. At what point I was pointing out of the cage, move him back. That kid's like 24. <laughs> and like, you know, the seat like drops when when the lever's pressed and that's yeah. how you get into the tank, right? Well, I'm getting up on it and this guy's like letting his son like continue to throw it and the seat goes down as I'm trying to sit on it. And I looked at the guy I was like, dude, I can get hurt like that. You know that, right? And I looked at Lamar. I was like, "All right, bro, I'm out. Like, I, I like, I, like, I'm done. Like, I was ready. I was ready to choke that dude." And he was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "Go ahead, climb out of there. Thanks for your help. Now go home before you kill an eight year old." Right before this all ends up on an episode of Cops, uh, I will say I saw the video, saw some pictures of the event. Uh, tip of the hat, buddy. I mean, you know, over seven hundred and some book bags they gave away. I know, I know. You know, there's gonna be people. Sandsbury's just a fat idiot that sat in a dunk tank. He didn't do anything. Yeah, but, but you didn't do it. Yeah, but I was gonna say, but like you did. Some Something and uh, obviously that's a, a a big help to a lot of families in Canton, Ohio. I'm proud of you for being a part of it, dude. Yeah, actually, I had a guy uh, via our Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook.com/slash Stansbury Show. There, uh, this guy Michael from Louisville was like, "You're still a douchebag," and then like nobody made it political, and then he went into, "You're oh, an okay. anti-American supporter," and oh, okay. you know what I mean. And like okay. nobody made it political, nobody says anything, and then just like the third message he writes in is just like all about how like you know how his side of the politics is right, even though nothing had anything to do with anything. Right, we're just talking about Stansbury giving away book bags and being in a dunk tank right. and all of a sudden it's But you're like, an anti-American! Yeah, you okay. hate America. Alright, alright Louisville, thanks for participating. Um, yeah, that's going to be people for you though, and sure. hopefully you read the email that we got over the weekend uh, telling us to shut up about all things politics, not just us specifically, but the, uh, the higher-ups within the company are very, very, very concerned about what people yeah. are saying out there. So I saw this email and I don't this is one of those, they have to send this out. Mm-hmm. So in case somebody says the wrong thing, they have every excuse to fire you. We told them not to say that. Right. We that's did. A, and we that's exactly what that email is for. Hey, guys, but, say stuff that's titillating. Say stuff that like drives the you know the message home. Say stuff that moves the needle. And if you say any of that, we're going to fire you. Because we have a ton of debt. We need to fire people. So we, <laughs> right. Exactly right. Exactly right. They, they do. They sent you the smoking gun. Yeah, this is essentially what happened. But I guarantee you, if we go through the rest of this program and we don't mention what's happening... Then the boss is going to yank us in there and be like, what do you mean? What would you talk about all day if you weren't talking about that? That's the first thing he's going to ask me. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, we've talked about it time and time again of, of the balancing act there. But the last thing you can do is just neglect stuff. The last thing you can do is just ignore it because that's going to get called out just as quickly. Um, so I will you tell know. you, there's a piece of audio that's been floating around that I found very interesting about everything that's happening right now. Okay. And it was actually done by a guy named that you all know, basketball player named Charles Barkley. Round mount and, of rebound, okay. And the round mount of rebound, indeed. Okay. And uh, he had some very interesting things to say about this statue issue that's happening in the country right now. That video is already linked for you, WRQK.com. But at 7 o'clock, we'll, let you, uh, we'll run that down and give you our opinion on that. I um, <sighs> Quickly... How was SummerSlam? Yeah! God damn it. 
right. So the SummerSlam recap. Yeah. Um, Last yeah. night, it's the biggest. It's the biggest party of the summer, dude. It's essentially their biggest pay per view of the year, SummerSlam. Um, and I'm gonna give it a C minus. Um, wasn't bad. Wasn't like, oh my god, this sucks, dude. This is terrible. But at the same time, nothing really happened. Where it's like, you know, man, that sounds oddly familiar to something I watched last first night. First of all, first of all. Um, SummerSlam was like six hours yesterday, and that's Why? just that's just ridiculous. I was I, I was coming home from somewhere, and it was like six fifteen, and my girlfriend's like, "Oh, babe, SummerSlam already started," and I'm like, "What do you mean? It doesn't start till seven o'clock?" And she's like, "Nope, there's already matches going," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And it started at six. It wasn't over till like eleven fifteen. That's crazy on a Sunday, what, dude. For, for that's crazy. What five and a half hours of SummerSlam? Uh, maybe if you cut things down to three, and we're like, "Hey, we're just gonna put the cream of the crop in here. We're gonna we're gonna you know all." killer no filler maybe it would have been a b plus show but as of last night there was just kind of like wasted time on it there was there wasn't storyline development it was just kind of like all right there was some sweet matches like the last match was great Um, like somebody was crowned new tag team champs right yeah of course there was new tag team champs the usos they uh they beat the new day and there was a couple title changes thank god thank god there was was a couple of title changes which was exciting but at the same time should we be beating new day and given what's going on in the country right now new day should win right usos are minorities as well oh okay well good don't you worry that oh well good 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 um i don't want to whitewash the wwe but it just it, it was just kind of I don't know. It was just a little flat last night. It wasn't terrible, just a little, little flat. Well, that's the theme for Sunday night television. Okay. Because, dude, Game of Thrones was a an entire... I mean, dude, it was a snooze fest. Okay? Now, like, I want to be fair to this. I don't want to be one of these guys that goes overboard and, like, hyperbole, worst episode ever. It, the show sucks now. If I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I think the show's probably no worse now than it's ever been. It's just, I'm done caring. They didn't do anything. They didn't. They're not driving me away with awful content. It's not that. It's just it's been seven years, and I'm over it. I can see everything coming from a mile away. At least it feels that way. I'm, I, I know episodes are leaked. I don't do that. I haven't watched the leaked episodes. Like I know a lot of people saw last night's episode before it aired. I didn't. As a matter of fact, I started it late, and I got home and I started like watching it, and I was like waiting for this thing. And everybody on Twitter, everybody on Facebook's like, "Oh my God, this battle's coming." So the battle comes, and it was like, yeah, it's not that good. And they killed a character last night. Okay. Right? And if you haven't seen this yet, I would go away if, if you're worried about spoilers, because I'm going to spoil this for you. They killed one of the dragons. The White Walkers got to one of the dragons by throwing a spear at it from the ground. So the big catapult thing that Cersei had? Nah. 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 The White Walker in his best Bruce Jenner form right off the Wheaties box rifles the, the rifles the you know the I don't know whatever the shaft or whatever it is jeez jeez into the dragon so then the dragon like comes down crashes down and it's like bleeding out in the air and it just looked out again honestly again it looked like a high school play so it's like bleeding out and then it falls into the water and then it comes back out and then you realize at the end of the episode the eye opens and it's blue so the dragon is now a White Walker. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm a grown-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 am I, what am I doing right now? You know that's fake, right? You know, I, you know it's fake. I felt like a complete <laughs> idiot. Like, I felt like an idiot. Like, why not just watch SummerSlam, dude? I mean, honestly. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. 
I mean, it was honestly, and everybody said, oh my God, no. And like this girl that I know was trying to make this huge argument to me last night. She's like, yeah. She's like, nothing happened. It's just the way the White Walkers are going to get past the wall is all now that they have a dragon. That's how they're going to get past the wall. I have not watched the League episodes, and I won't. But having, not knowing, and I could be wrong about this, and it could already be out there, and maybe I just don't know, I don't think they get past the wall. And second of all, this is why it annoyed me with the dragon a lot last night, Phantom. Okay. Is that in, in years past, Game of Thrones would kill your favorite character. Right. They didn't care. They just started lopping off heads of everybody. Ned Stark died way early. Everybody, you know, all this stuff. They killed a dragon last night that nobody knows the name of it. They didn't kill Dracarys, which is what Game of Thrones Widow do. I know. I know. I Believe me, I feel like an idiot saying it. I do. I feel like an idiot saying it. But that's what they would have done. They would have killed Dracarys, but they didn't. And I, I made this analogy last night. Steal a pimp's hoe and he'll survive. Take his bottom bitch and he's got to shut down shop. And it's like, you can't, there ain't no half-stepping. If you're going to kill one, kill Dracarys. Like, it made me so mad because everybody's like, oh, my God. And then Jon Snow's in the water. And then the eye of, like, his sword opens up when he gets out of the water. And, dude, sooner or later, I'm telling you, Jon Snow and Daenerys are going to be hand-in-hand riding one of the dragons around on top of Westeros. And it just looks like trash. Now, I, I got it. I got it in the interest of full disclosure. And I haven't been wanting to talk about this because I don't want to like be guilty of like stop and then go back for this and that. But I am no longer recreationally using marijuana. Now it hasn't been like, oh my god, it's been like two years since I've done that. But I, I'm just not like the way I was. And I think sober minds have fresh eyes on TV products, and you're like, oh god, it was the weed that had me like planted into the couch, thinking this was cool. Because soberly, like, I'm looking at this like, wow, this is terrible. So if I'm preaching anything right now, it's get blunted before you turn the Stansbury <laughs> show on. <laughs> right? Okay. Help All me right. out. All right. No problem. Help me out. <laughs> yeah, it was not very good. I, I It was, like, wildly overrated. They killed one of the followers of Light, too, which, thank God, how boring are they? Just watch wrestling, bro. I'm telling you, just come on over, dude. Just come on over. Followers of Light and Dracarius and Jon Snow. What are you talking about? Talk about John Cena. That's what the people want. Yeah, and this guy brings up a great point. He's like, isn't that dragon going to not breathe ice now? So I don't know how you're going to knock down an ice wall by breathing ice out of it. No, somehow, somehow these two idiots that are that run Game of Thrones that think it's a good idea to bring a show about slavery out next year are going to have a ice dragon breathe fire. I can't wait to see what happens. Here's what I'll tell Game of Thrones people. An entire episode with no Cersei? Wrong move. Bad call. The Lannisters are the best people in the show. They're the most interesting family in the show. And everybody's like, oh, because the dragon changes, right? And everybody's like, that because ne- like, this is how people talk now. The next episode, though. The next episode, though. You mean the next one where they don't handle the dragon at all? Where they won't? Because they're going to have to now go back? To Jamie and Cersei for the entire episode? You're not getting what you think you're getting next week. That's why it's everyone's like, but wait, it's gonna be so badass. Now I'm sober now, and honestly, it looks like a seventh grade play. Like, it was not good. Not a big fan. You know what else is happening today? What is that? 
A lot of memes about the eclipse. We're going to get into that at 7 o'clock. You people have already, honestly, it's, six, it's 20 after 6, and I already want to smack everybody. <laughs> oh, my God, look at this picture of a crashed eclipse. It's a total eclipse. The car. Er, er, er. I swear, dude, I'm on an unfriend, like, safari today. I'm telling you, dude, you're all getting tossed overboard. The Browns play tonight, too. They do. Which one's going to burn your eyes more? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I slept like an hour and a half. I hate everybody. So, like, dude, if you don't like him when I'm in this mood, I don't know. I art radio, barely. Build an artist station around ZZ Top. Hugh Jackson thinks he knows what it takes to groom a quarterback the proper way. I'll run you down his method next on the Stansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll talk to him at 8. Get a look ahead at the Browns game. Uh, I uh, I screwed something up in the opening break of the program. Okay. And apparently this is the reason why I thought the episode last night sucked is because I forgot that the name of the dragon actually is Drogon is the main dragon. Oh, God. And you Dracarys oh. is like, that. that's the command for fire out of, out of the dragon. Good and Viserion died last night, and it's that dragon's named after, oh my god, I can't even finish the sentence. Like, wow. Honestly, I feel like I'm 10 years old right now. I mean, listen, I understand that WWE nerds are just as bad, but good grief, people. Calm down. So uh, apparently that's why I didn't think it was all that great. No. I just didn't think it was great because I just didn't think it was great. Now look, I said I started the whole thing out by saying, I think this is me. It's a breakup. It's not Game of Thrones. It's me. I'm tired of the Game of Thrones. They they didn't do the shows. I mean, honestly, like, you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. A buddy of mine who came to the show way late said to me, he goes, what? The fat dude holds the door shut and then dies? He's like, the whole door day. He's like, dude, he's like, that was like one of the worst scenes in television I've ever seen. And I started thinking back. I was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. Now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, wow, that was pretty bad. And so, like, like, I'm keenly aware now. Like, I'm starting to pick apart something versus just enjoying it and that's part of it it's like we're seven seasons in now and so things i would forgive a show for like when it's first coming out i'm no anymore i've just i've tired of it i don't think it's any worse now than it ever was well i think you've set a high bar for it or it set a high bar for itself and i i I, to me because i think i saw somebody on social media saying last night well no it's not the final season they're gonna do one more they're doing one more i feel like at this point they're being guilty of just trying to get too much blood from the stone where it's like guys you're seven seasons deep 10 episodes per season that's 70 hours some of it's gonna suck like if you don't if you don't cut it off if you don't draw the finish line and say dude this is where it's this is where it's over this is when the story's over this is what happens this is the conclusion of everything if you just keep trying to like milk it and stretch it and draw it out. No wonder you're getting into crappy content. It's not the show. It's me. You know what I mean? Such a dude. Even in breakups, people are like, oh, it's not you. It's me. It's like, dude, BS. It's always you. No matter who the you is, it's always the you. Literally. I mean, seriously, it was like 30 minutes. I'm I'm sitting. (laughs) I actually, one time, I did actually say it out loud. I was like, oh my God, something happened. Like, that's how, I was just like, oh my God, how... It's just like, come on, let's go. Learn the dragon's name, Stansberry. You don't know anything. I used to know all that stuff, and now, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I have always heralded Game of Thrones as this. This is one of the reasons why I loved it. I said it was the one show on television that I would not play on my phone with. Like, when it was on, I was like, nope, not playing on my phone, because I, I care. I want to know. I'm, in, I'm interested. I'm invested. And last night, I was like, oh, my God, where's my phone? Just let me, just give me something else, because this isn't enough. It's just not enough. 
Like I said, I don't want to be guilty of going overboard and talking about, oh, it sucks now, and it's not as good as it used to. No, I think it's me. I just think, dude, seven years, it's too long, too much, I'm over it. You know what I mean? I'm sick of banging the same TV show. I need a piece of strange. That's all it comes down to. Show's not any worse than it ever was. I need a piece of strange. So I'll watch the Browns game. Hugh Jackson says he knows what to do here. Says reciting play calls and commanding the huddle is what he needs to teach Deshaun Kaiser and what to do properly is one of the things for sure. Basic throwing fundamentals. They're trying to they're trying to shorten Kaiser's stride when he launches the ball. Said when your stride's out there long, your upper body can't catch up to your lower body because the ball's got to come out as close to your front foot. Said you'd like it to be in a straight line. So apparently he's cut some length off of his stride which should increase his accuracy, which was one of the big problems everybody had with him coming out of Notre Dame. So we, I like hearing that. Yeah, and I mean, that's really what you're looking for with a quarterback who came into the draft as the guy with the lowest, you know, with 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 kind of kind of at the at the most basic of all starting blocks right. there. So the fact that you know Hugh Jackson, the 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 rumored you know quarterback whisperer. I do think he's going to have something to give to this kid, and I think that you know, giving that time to develop is going to be what's best for the Browns. You know, I wish I had the entire list of quarterbacks he's worked with in front of me. Because if people are giving him that title for what he did with Andy Dalton, I'm that might be a little early on that. He says teaching Kaiser about being under center versus shotgun is one of the things they have to teach, and not just him. This is most college quarterbacks that come out. At Notre Dame, Kaiser operated out of the shotgun formation 95% of the time. So during the Browns practices and the first preseason game, they kind of did the same thing for him. But if you're going to be an NFL quarterback, you're going to have to play under center unless you're Tom Brady. They run a lot of shotgun stuff for Brady, but again, Brady's a different animal. Um, yes, Tom Brady. Can... You, you can't look at Tom Brady and be like, here's how we make John guys are better. Right. You have to look at him as the exception to the rule. As I would the agree. Rule. But um, I think when you say that and when you say how most quarterbacks coming out of college do play in some sort of in either a hybrid of it or mostly, you know, um, in a shotgun there, that really does lend itself to me thinking that this N- our NFL development league is going to be a likely thing. And I know that, like, well, dude, what are you going to do with college football? NFL doesn't care what they do with college football. If it's they, not their job. If they, can, if they can get guys more NFL ready between the ages of 18 and 22, and you think about that, dude. Guys are coming out not knowing how to play NFL quarterback. Instead of spending that first year working on Deshaun Kaiser, here's how you do it. You've had three years of experience learning a pro-style offense. We're already ahead of where we would have been with you coming out of college. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, not many times. But, I mean, Warren Moon played in the Canadian Football League. Jim Kelly played in another football league. And then they both ended up being great quarterbacks in the NFL because they got some real game experience in a professional setting. I know it's a different game and they do things differently, but still, it's a it's a professional yeah. setting, and you know I, I bet the competition is going to be a little bit better than what it is in most college places. Right, I was going to say just as different as it is in the CFL, it's just as different at the NCAA right. level. So you you know both you're going to have to adjust at some point. They're trying to move Kaiser past the basics. Currently, they say they haven't even gotten into reading defenses before the snap, rereading them after the snap, which is about. I'm going to get in, just don't hold me to this number. I'm just going to throw a number out. It's like what seventy percent of what a quarterback does. Pretty big part. I mean, yeah. reading the defenses. I mean, that's a really big part of what they do. Delivering the ball with like a 300 pound guy, you know, looking to tackle you with four six speed. They say is tough, and so they're trying to get him there, but they haven't even really started to work with him on reading the defenses pre and post snap. There. You know, I ask you this question. We'll ask Scott this question. I mean, at when I believe 
Kaiser will be the starter at some point this season. Do you believe that? Um, yes, I believe that because I believe the Browns are going to lose so frequently. It's going to feel inevitable. I mean, if they start the season off four and four, then no. You know what I'm saying? If they start the season off even three and five, then no. Then it's like, all right, well, we've got something to build on. But a more likely scenario is when they start the season off one and seven, and it's like, dude, what are we doing right now? Right. How how do you not how do you not put the kid in? I've said it a million times. The most popular guy in the Browns roster is always the backup quarterback. It's just going to be the way it is until we start to actually turn this thing really around and you become like a real contender. I'm saying by week by week nine, Kaiser's the starter. That's what I'm going to say. And I think that I, I if Vegas put the number out at week nine, I would bet the under. But I feel safe at week nine. But I would bet the under. Read an article about Hugh Jackson, or well, I have an article about Hugh Jackson up and the history he has with quarterbacks. Uh, started with the Washington Redskins and Patrick Ramsey, uh, then went to Cincinnati with Carson Palmer. Dealt with Joey Harrington when he was playing in Atlanta. Okay. Dealt with Jason Campbell in Oakland. I wouldn't hire not a single one of these guys to play quarterback. Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. Wouldn't hire Andy Dalton. And then we get into the Cleveland quarterback. Yeah. There's not a single guy on that roster I I would want behind center right now. Not a single one. I mean, Joe Flacco is the best out of all of them, right? Yeah. But again, if Flacco was on the open market, you'd have to, as Cleveland, you'd have to call him. For sure, you'd have to call him. But honestly, outside of Flacco, I think I'd take Kaepernick over any one of those guys. Wow. Wow. And yet I'm being told they're going to win eight games. Dude, I was listening to, it was the college radio station, WZIP, and they do their sports talk show Saturday mornings. And this guy's like, if you say the Browns are going to win less than eight, you're just a hater. And I, dude, I just had to laugh. More realistic. I mean, I just, dude, I just had to start laughing at the kid. Now, obviously, he's a college kid and hot takes or what else he going right. to do on a radio show. But if you would think they're going to win eight games, you're delusional. I would... Absolutely 100% agree. We'll find out what Scott thinks from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. I'm interested to get his take on this as well. Um, You know what this weekend is, buddy? Mayweather McGregor. Jeez. Yeah. Saturday, I believe, right? The 26th is when that's going down? Damn. I knew it was coming up, but this weekend, wow. And you're starting to see a bunch of stuff come out now. Like, I guess they changed, like, the kind of gloves they're going to use and, like, all this stuff. And as a guy who watches UFC, and I, I only casually watch boxing, and I'm not, like, a diehard UFC fan. Like, I like it. I watch it. But, like, there are definitely people who pay way more attention to it than I do. Like, I don't care about glove size. And so, to me, it just feels like they're just – just admit that this isn't the, what you thought it was. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, dude, it's not sold out. If you're if you're looking at like oh my gosh a week out they changed from eight ounce gloves to six ounce gloves like, like fight nobody's nerds, gonna care like fight like real fight enthusiasts will care about stuff like that I don't think the average fan knows what that means I, no. dude if I ask the average fan what the what the what the glove size was in UFC or boxing they're not gonna know no clue how would you how would you know how would you know that you'd have to really be inside to know that and I was all hyped for this fight two months ago I was but and I remember saying. A while ago now already that they did the press tour way too early. Those three yeah. days in LA or whatever the hell they did, that feels like a year ago already. And it was like a month and a half ago. It just, we live in a very now cycle. Yeah, I mean, that's partially. And they shot their wad. That's partially, you know, a, a product of the times we live in, but that's partially them not recognizing the times that we live in. Like, right. you have to understand six weeks out, I mean, 
in 2017, that might as well be six months out. When you got McGregor, Mayweather, and Dana White, three of the most popular guys social media-wise, like, you're going to get the word out. Yeah. The- I mean, yeah. It, it, it's, not, it's not that people don't know about this. And the tickets aren't, I mean, they're not selling out the live tickets because people know the fight isn't going to really be a fight. And that's why, like, Floyd, did you hear him now? Like, he's partying all the way up to the fight. He doesn't take him seriously. I don't care about him. Floyd Mayweather's dad was on TV all weekend talking about how he's out of shape. He's not, he's not, they're, they're trying, I mean, it just all feels so desperate to me. Doing anything they possibly can to make you think maybe this will it be worth watching. It feels desperate to me. So I was like, I got an email over the weekend, and I had completely forgotten about this, but I'm scheduled to work at the Agora on Saturday. Okay. And it's like all day. Like, we got to be there at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We won't get out of there until like 4 o'clock in the morning. It's like an all-day thing. Okay. All day, all night thing, right? And I, at first I was like, oh, man, that sucks. I want to see Mayweather McGregor. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, I just saved myself $100, right? Because I was probably going to rent the fight. Oh. And if not, I was going to pay a bar $25 and probably a $100 bar tab, food, everything else. And I was like, I'm going to see this fight five minutes after it's over being retweeted all over the place. And I, I assume what that fight is going to be once you see the, the, the recap. It's going to be like 12 times that you know Mayweather was able to dodge punches. Uh, McGregor gets frustrated, goes for like a leg takedown or something like or that, or punch to the back of the head, or like over. something like that. Yeah, like, and it, then and then it's all done. I just thought it was very interesting because when this got announced, I was like, I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Here we are, a week out, and I'm like, eh, I don't care. There was a while I was, um, I was starting to believe the concept that maybe Connor would win this, maybe it would, be, but as as I like get closer to it and I think more about it, there's no chance. I mean, Mayweather arguably the greatest defensive boxer of all time, and this dude, who is not a boxer, is going to come in and, and, and beat him. That's why everybody keeps saying, they're like, you know, puncher's chance, puncher's chance, and somebody said this the other day, they're like, what do you guys think the 40 guys Floyd, Floyd right. Mayweather fought didn't know how to punch? Right. Like, dude, those 40 guys all knew how to punch somebody, too. Are you going to watch it? Like, are, are you going to go somewhere, or, like, what's your plan? Uh, Honestly, it'll probably be a Sunday morning, like you said. I'll see it on Facebook Live. Somebody will have the yeah. uh, somebody will have the videos. I would assume at that point, somebody will have like the the video of Mayweather dodging him eighty times, and they're gonna put it to like the Titanic song or something. So I'll probably just see it that next morning. Yeah, I uh, I just thought it was very interesting because, like I said, like it, I I have gone from I can't wait to see it, have to rent it, have to see it, to I honestly don't care if I see it at all now. And I think it's because, like, again, they started the media hype on it way too early. And it's just gotten to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe I'll watch that. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Charles Barkley has a very interesting take on the Confederate statue issue that's that's facing us all in the country. And I thought what he said was interesting. I'm not going to say it's right, but I thought it was at least interesting. And we'll run that down for you next on the Stansbury Show. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here with a phenomenal job opportunity for you with a great partner of the Stansbury Show, Truebridge. Truebridge is a great opportunity for somebody wanting a new career in insurance sales, but it involves absolutely no cold calling. They help with your pre-licensing training, study tips and support, and they also pay for the state exam. They are a fast-paced sales center looking for additional talent. And I can tell you this, that Truebridge is holding their next open house. That's happening Wednesday, 
August the 23rd. Grab your cell phone and dial pound 250 to RSVP for Truebridge's next open house. Again, that's Wednesday, August the 23rd from 3 to 6 in the afternoon. Dial pound 250, enter the keyword Truebridge. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get a look ahead at your uh, Browns game a little later this evening as they're in action against the New York football giants, I believe it is. Yep. We'll talk to Scott about that. Unless you've been living under a rock, you have uh, well turned on the TV and seen um, this Confederate statue issue that's facing our country and um, the protests over taking them down. And um, I know there was a rally in Boston where um, the free speech rally and then like the anti-protesters show, uh, showed up and actually shut that down before it even started, which I think is a pretty incredible thing when you start to think about the fact that we're told uh, about the hatred and bigotry and racism that's like alive and well in Boston. I thought it was very telling that that city was able to shut down something like that. And people came out and said, no, dude, this isn't who we are. We're, we don't want this here. I thought it was interesting. No matter what side you're on, just knowing Boston's history, I thought it was interesting. Flew in the face of the Boston stereotype there. It, did, sure. it did indeed. Right now, not to say that the, what we've heard about it isn't true, but right. it was just an interesting thing. Now, I want to make my stance on this whole statue thing really clear because this is so heated for people that I got to be careful. I kind of am indifferent and I know that that's not in fashion today, but I'll be honest with you. Like I don't care about them being up enough to where if, if they need to come down for somebody else and that feels like a win to them, I don't feel like I'm losing anything. So if I don't feel like I'm losing and somebody else feels like they get a win, go with God. That's kind of how I look at it because I don't care enough. I'm not so invested. All right. Now on the other side of that, I don't think, I don't see how the statue continues like this force of oppression or whatever. It might be like a little tone deaf to highlight certain things, but I don't think a statue holds you down. Right, that's just me. But it's but again, this isn't my issue. So how do I really know? I'm just telling you what an outsider looking at the TV thinks. But like like I said, I don't care about them staying up. So if if somebody else feels like they get a win and I don't feel like I lose, then what do I care? That's kind of where I'm at with the whole thing. Okay. But I thought Charles I thought Charles Barkley really had an interesting take on this. And you know, Charles is one of these guys. He's not afraid to speak his mind. And, you know, sometimes he goes way off the rails and he can be a little crazy. But I thought this time there were at least pieces of wisdom in this. And I don't think he's completely off base. I feel like for the most part, pretty intelligent dude. Um, obviously outspoken, wants his voice to be heard. And, you know, is pretty consistent with who he is and what he believes. Doesn't wish wash. He kind of stays with so, who he is. So oftentimes I'll disagree with him, but I respect like his... Because his, that's who Charles is. Right. And, and, and I, you know, I've read books of his before. And I think he's, you know, a really smart basketball mind. So I got no problem with Chuck. And so he had this to say about the statue issue. I'm not going to waste my time worrying about these Confederate statues. That's wasted energy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep doing great things. I'm going to keep trying to make a difference, number one, in the black community because I'm black. But I'm also going to try to do good things in the world. I'm not going to waste my time screaming at a neo-Nazi who's going to hate me no matter what. And I'm not going to waste my time trying to worry about these statues that they got all over the country. So do you leave them up and ignore them? Or do you I've always them? ignored them. Rick, I'm 54 years old. I've never thought about those statues a day in my life. <laughs> I've never. That's a great point. I think if you ask 
most black people, to be honest, they thought a day in their life about those stupid statues. What we as black people need to do, we need to worry about getting our education. We need to stop killing each other. We need to try to find a way to have more economic opportunity and things like that. Don't waste. Those things are important and significant. You know, I, I'm wasting time and energy screaming at a neo-Nazi or, man, you got to take this statue down. I kind of agree with Chuck. I, I just, I really do. I mean, like, uh, last week I was like, yeah, man, if you want to take him down, take him down. Because, again, I just don't care. Like, I don't feel so strongly that they got to stand that I don't understand. Well, I really don't understand the people that are, that are super pissed about taking him down. Like, the preserving of the history and all that, you're, I, I think you're lying. I really do. And I guess there's probably a small section of you that really do feel that way. I think a lot of it is just, well, this is the right answer for this. I don't think you really care about preserving history. Because if I polled most people what the history was, you're not going to know. I will agree to that 100%. Both I mean, sides, uh, by the way. Both. Yes, let's not act like America is this nation of history buffs. So then what do you think they are fighting? for what do you think what do you think it's so important to them i said this the first time around with this like when they showed up with the tiki torches i think a lot of the protesting is about telling black people to stay in their place i do so, i i i i i know there are a lot of people who feel like i just turn coded on you but if you do then i would question so because so, i think it says more about you than it does about me so if what those people are out there protesting and or what those people are out there advocating for is black people staying in their places i think i think fit, that's a lot of it i well do then i mean like so that is a representation of racism whether that's what it was intended oh, yeah. for or not i'm not so arguing like, that ra- racism's not happening so like so with that being said that's why i'm saying they're like dude if they have to come down they have to come down okay charles barkley you don't feel like that's a top priority and maybe you haven't thought a lot about it but like it's not necessarily always going to be about one individual's experiences or no or no, his no, no, opinions no. On things. no no it's so not w- but w- w- with that being said like well uh, most black people have never thought about this well and, they haven't and most white people have probably never thought they about haven't. this but if you are looking at that and you're seeing a validation of your racism as a racist if you're seeing that as like well it's not so bad it's not so bad i mean people are capable of walking and chewing gum at the same time so if you're worried about economic you know about economic opportunity in the black community you can also be worried about like subconscious racism yeah but what his pro what his point though is though is that we don't do that we it's you know why people can walk and chew gum at the same time because it's easy handling both these situations at the same that's not dude that's apples and oranges these things are complicated and this is what we do this is the again with the Kaepernick issue. Nobody's talking about the follow up question or the co- follow up conversation about police brutality in this country. We're talking about whether or not Kaepernick's playing football. Nobody's talking about why he protests. His protest did nothing but put the focus more on him. And this is the same thing. You think anything's getting better right now? No. We're just screaming about statues. Nothing's getting done. I... Nothing's being done. I, 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 I feel like on a on a on a bigger picture, I feel like there's plenty of things going on in, you know, dis- what do you say to the people who say Obama had eight years to do this and he did nothing? Disenfranchised opportunities. But I, um, I will say that there some did come down within the tenure of Obama. And this isn't strictly a president thing. This isn't like Trump saying like, hey, that one stay up and Obama saying that one come down. It's I agree. Local, That's why I asked issue. you about it, because people seem to be placing this on his shoulders. And I don't think that they I think it's it, unfair. a little. I mean, it's a local issue. And I mean, that's the thing, too, is, you know, you want to talk about 
about, well, the, the Civil War wasn't even about slavery. It was about state rights. So you're talking about, like, the rights of, of, of local governments to make decisions for their own. I mean, when city council decides, hey, we're taking this Robert E. Lee statue down, who are you as an outsider of that city to come in and say, no, you can't? I just a supporter of I know. Like I said, I'm kind of like, I'm indifferent to this whole thing because I know that the argument of preserving the history is BS. I know it's BS. And if you're such an advocate for free speech, and that's what it is, we're having a free speech rally, and you're going to tell no, Kaepernick, and you're going to tell Kaepernick he can't take a knee. Well, then you're really not for free speech. You're, I mean, it's just dude, these things. People only gear up for the battles they want to gear up for. Like Spike Lee, I was all on this all this weekend. Spike Lee's like now going to protest the NFL over Kaepernick. Spike Lee has courtside seats to the Knicks, uh, uh, who play in the NBA, a league in which you're not allowed to protest the anthem. Yet the NFL's the racist league. Like Spike, you got to do, do well. You got to go all the way across the board, Spike. You got to give up those Knicks tickets too, bro. You have to. I can't I, have it both ways. I support the idea of people or in certainly corporations and employers to be able to tell people and, and their employees, you are not allowed to bring your politics into the building. You're not yeah. allowed to. We're about to you start know, doing that here, I and, believe. And, and, and rightfully so. So I'm not necessarily like, yo, if they don't give Colin Kaepernick a job, because it's their right not to do that. If right. I want neo-Nazis to be able to be fired because they were at the rally. Then Kaepernick can be allowed to sit on the sideline for what he says. I, I mean, and, and, and I, I don't, I'm not making a comparison between the two causes. No. But when, but when, when you decide, but there are similarities but, in what happens. But when, you, but when you decide to enter, to put your politics in public in a place where you know it can affect your business, I do. I have to support that. So you can't like, call a guy brave for speaking up if there's no penalties for speaking up. If there's no repercussions for speaking up, then it then it can't be brave. I think this is just like when people say, like, well, if we would all just stop talking about race, it would all go away. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's big into that. Dude, it, it, it's very Pollyannish. Like, boy, oh boy, if we all would just stop shooting each other, nobody would ever get murdered ever. <laughs> again and we wouldn't need guns and it's like but it's not real that's right. not what's going to happen and, and if that is what's going on in your life if you think it's enough to just be like well i don't hate black people so that's good enough that doesn't mean that like your neighbor feels the same way that doesn't mean that other people in your life don't feel the same way i so saw this it, over the weekend too and it really made me mad you know our money has slave owners on it too i don't see anybody giving that back no because money buys orange juice for my kid and a statue's just hanging out in front of the courthouse those two things again it's apples and oranges i know it looks good on a meme it doesn't mean it makes any real sense and as far as like the whole like well you know george washington owned slaves like yes and i will certainly say that you know if you go back throughout history and you start applying today's standards nobody's going to stack up i mean abraham we did it last week martin luther king doesn't stand up. He had awful things to say about the homosexual community. Awful things. Abraham Lincoln wasn't advocating for for black people to be equal to white people. He wasn't he wasn't advocating for them to be on juries. He wasn't advocating for them to be you know landowners or anything like that. He was advocating for them not to be slaves. So like you have to you have yeah to it keep, wasn't equal playing field. You, he wanted you, you have to keep in perspective that yes, as our society has progressed, we are going to look back on things and look and say like oh. You know, my bad on, on Lincoln, my bad on George Washington. But here's the thing, and Martin Luther King, when it comes to gay people, but here's the thing, Lincoln, nor Washington, nor Martin Luther King wanted to disband the union because of those things. That's the difference between Robert E. Lee and George Washington. I would, I, dude, we're in, we're in unison on that. I just, I, I know this. This is what I do know. That we could take down every Confederate statue this country has today. You could have Tyler Perry out there knocking them down six at a time. And when it all's over, we're still going to be right here where we are. 
And why, America? Because there's money in pitting us together or against one another. There's money in it. And both sides, I always tell you about this, are in on it together to distract us, to rob us blind. And we're falling for it every single time. The eclipse is coming, and you all are losing your minds. I'll give you my take next on Rock 106.9. Very show on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. You're about a half hour away now from getting hooked up with a trip for two out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. You'll see Coldplay, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton, Paint, 30 Seconds to Mars. That's all just night one. Harry Styles. Jeez. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it is good stuff. What's your first keyword? 8 a.m. this morning. I guess Coldplay played in, uh, what, the queue over the weekend. Yeah. Looked I, like that was a pretty good show. I have a buddy who went, and I'm not like a Coldplay fan at all, but he was like, honestly, that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to, just based on the um, like the performance, the the value of the you know of the production and everything like that. It looked so. like it. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't hate him or anything, but like, um, like if I was dating a girl and she said, hey, I got us Coldplay tickets, I would totally go, and I'd be like, yeah, it was, it was cool, like... You know, not my favorite band, but I would go see it. So the eclipse is today, and uh, and you'll know that because when you log into Facebook, you'll see a crashed Mitsubishi Eclipse, and it'll, some guy will be like, "It's a total eclipse! It's a total eclipse!" Or 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 eclipse gum over the lenses of glasses. Ah, you got your eclipse glasses. No, yeah, the eclipse glasses are ready to go. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I know f- f- like profiles get hacked, but would your four-year-old hack your account? Like, is, is that what happened? I now look, I'm a pessimist, I suppose, or I hear. Yeah, am I? All yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> well, I never know. You know what I mean? Half full, half empty. Who knows? Right? There's liquid in there. That's what I know. There's some in there. But I've been told I'm a pessimist. But I don't care about this. Like, I can't. I can't for the life of me. Like, get geared up for this. Like, I'm pretty sure we had one of these when I was in school. Like, 6th, 7th grade sounds about right. We've had partial eclipses. Those happen somewhat frequently. Um, I think the last time there was a total eclipse. Oh, um, total eclipse of the heart. Oh, that's that's where it is right That's there. what happens. Um, I think the last time there was a total eclipse, I think it was 35 plus years ago. So, well, I would have been alive for that. So, yeah, I mean, I, um, I don't know. I just... It seems like people are all geared up for this. And again, don't look directly into it. Apparently, you can go blind. Yeah. It happened to some guy. The, the news has put him on TV a million times. Like, he had partial blindness since doing it the last time this was like a thing. And um, apparently, this is all starting in Oregon and then moving its way back out this way. And so, like, the Oregon coast is like, you know, like ground zero for this. And they were expecting, like, record breaking crowds and. Like, my buddy owns a shop, like, on the shore, like, right on the beach in Oregon. He was like, yeah, it's like, there's people here. He's like, it's not what we thought it was. He's like, it's this is not what we thought it was going to be. And I was like, well, yeah, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to, like, travel for it, that's probably a bit much. Like, in if my I opinion. lived there, the hour trip to the coast I would have done, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm not driving anywhere special to watch it today. You know what I mean? If it, if it, you know, as it so happens to be going past us, it's like, all right, well then maybe it's worth you know standing being, outside, being a part of something. Well, only if you have like the you know proper protection there. I, I mean, can't even stand outside. Well, I mean, you could stand outside, but what's the purpose of standing outside if you're not going to look at it? You know what I mean? Just to bathe in the light of the of the total eclipse, like you're not. It's just going to look darker. It's not going to look like. Yeah, it's not going to be black. Not going to be like a blackout. So it's. I, 
I don't know. Like, I agree, not that big of a deal. Same time, I do know where I can get glasses, so I just feel like at this where? point, well, I have a, you know, I have a special hookup there. But there's places that are selling them. Like, I know the Monument, like the McKinley Library, selling them. How much are they? Ah, probably five bucks, under five bucks. So all you'd have to do is go up there, grab yourself a pair, and two thirty, I think, is when it's like peak in. Like I have the times in, in Ohio. Here. I have the times okay. here. Canton. Is one oh seven? It'll start. Okay. Two thirty two will be your peak. Okay. And three fifty two, it'll wrap up. Okay. They're saying don't let your pets out during that time. Well, yeah, because the pet doesn't know to look, right? Yeah, pets are dumb. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you think I, the dog has some sort of. Well, I wasn't sure if their eyesight was different or if it wouldn't affect them or like what was going on. I would have never thought of that, but now, yeah, that's smart. You know, and I think I wish I could get geared up for this, but I can't. I, 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 I definitely know, you know, prior to science really being a thing, and maybe post-science as we stand here right now, um, you know, that would have been a huge deal 5,000 years ago. Just the sun all of a sudden being blotted right. from the sky. But now that, like... It's, yeah, but I have a textbook. Right. Now that, like, Jim Cantori has been telling me for the past two <laughs> weeks of, like, well, yeah, this is what's going to happen, there is a part of me that's just like, yeah, whatever. Here's what I want to know. Is somebody from like ESPN or Fox Sports One or somebody is somebody tracking down Draymond Green and Kyrie Irving today? Because remember, Draymond is you can't knock Kyrie for what he believes and what he doesn't believe. Well, when he doesn't believe in facts, I can. Like, right? Like, doesn't this fly right in the face of like the flat earthers? Yes. So yes. where's so somebody get a microphone in front of Kyrie Irving? He went to Duke, he must be smart. Like, where somebody get a microphone in front of that dude's face today? But there is about a bajillion other pieces of evidence that prove the world is round, and if those aren't enough for Kyrie to buy in, I don't know if this is going to be the thing where he's like, oh, okay, well, you know what? Now that you've shown me this, I'll be able to change my mind. I mean, there's a million things that we can prove oh, yeah. wrong. A million. Flat Earth theory. This guy says selfie mode on the cell phone. Hashtag boom. I don't know what that means. I think... I think you can hold your phone up. Oh, selfie, behind me, yeah, and I can look at the screen look at of the it, phone. Something like that. Do you have any idea how many obnoxious, poor, grainy photos of Ugh. this you're going to see? Ugh. It's going to be brutal. I, I I don't know. I just, I, I guess, I don't. And I'm one of these guys. It's like, dude, nature's like the last thing that can wow you and the earth and like that whole thing. And so you'd think I would be all about this, but I just don't care. Um, yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll I'm going to go it. outside. Yeah, I'm going to do something. Uh, religious weirdos in the past have viewed this as like, yo, end of days is here. It's time for, uh, you know, it's well, any damn day now, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, Anonymous did say like November 4th. Now, again, it's like, no, the final, final, final time. We promise you things are going down. Okay. I have a, uh, I have the perfect eclipse playlist and it's like 50 songs long, but we're just going to give you, um, we're just going to give you the top five here. Well, we'll start with seven because that's one that you guys will care about. Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden, obviously. Okay. Black Star by David Bowie. Yeah. Moonlight by Ariana Grande's number five. I don't know that one. Day and Night by Kid Cudi, number four. Uh, okay. Eclipse, which we already played you, by Pink Floyd is number three. Yeah. Steal My Sunshine, number two from Len. I don't know that one. You and, know that one. Do I? Yeah. If you steal my sunshine. Yeah, you know that one. Yeah, you would. I just wanted to see if I could get him to say it. <laughs> and Total Eclipse of the Heart came in at number one. Bonnie Tyler there. And that's a damn good record there. This is a good song, dude. Yeah, it's hard to hate that one. Hard to hate that one. So, do not stare at the sun. Although, if you... Nah, never mind. Don't. Don't. Dude. Well, everybody on Twitter is inviting neo-Nazis to stare at the sky. Tell the Nazis it's okay for them to stare at the sky. 
And apparently you can make some kind of viewing box out of like a car, uh, out of like a cereal box and you put tin foil in it and you do all this other stuff and then you slit your wrist because that's how bored you are. You're making, you know, boxes out of like sight boxes out of cereal boxes. I mean, dude, if you got an eight year old or whatever, that's cool. But like for the rest of us, I don't know. I uh yeah I don't know I, I I dude somebody track down Kyrie Irving like I want him to I want him to, like dude make him stare into it and be like dude buy it now I'd like to see that more Stansbury show right around the corner you guys hang on Dan Stansbury Matt Fantone just kiss your fruit cakes the Stansbury show chilling in the studs with my dudes on Rock 106.9 Rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8, and we'll also send you out to Las Vegas at 8 for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. I was uh, expressing my displeasure with Game of Thrones to start the program this morning. And again, I want to reiterate, I don't want to be one of these guys that's like, it was awful, the show sucks now. That's not what's happening. I'm moving past it. I don't think the show's probably any worse or better than it's ever been. I just have gotten to the point where, oh my God, I don't care. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know, dude. You were pretty dyed-in-the-wool, Game of Thrones, full throttle, dude, map of Western world or whatever the hell it's called. Westeros. And, 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 and you had like, you know, oh, well, the houses and the, the, the I don't know, the family trees. Well, all, you know, like, it's a lot of division. Out. It's a lot of this versus then and, uh, you know, holding people down. And, I, you know, dude, I don't like all the oppression in it. Something happened, though, between then and now. It's not like. Yeah, you know what it was? What's that? I gave up smoking weed. I know what you're saying there, and I think that's often the case with music, with movies, with stuff like that, where... It's much like when you break up with your girlfriend. Like, you think you like TV shows, then your girlfriend moves out, and you're like, yeah, no, I never liked that. That was her watching that. I, um... I'm not going to make the assumption, though, that all the enthusiasm across the board is all marijuana-based. Not from you, and not from, like, the Game of Thrones society as a whole. It's the biggest show HBO's ever had. There's something to it. So, so I think, I mean... I think I'm just over it. I, I, you know, I, um... It was just okay. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a GOTer, but as far as I know, I don't want to be one of those either. The 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 TV, the TV show stopped following the books, right? And yeah, is that where it yeah, fall, but, fell apart? No, because it's been a little while since then. Okay, I don't. I mean, I, I I think that's one of those things that people quickly will point to. But if memory serves, it's been a little while since they've been off the source material, and it's still been okay. Truth be told, it's been kind of going. Like every other television show in the history of TV, after season four, it starts to kind of slide. I mean, dude, Dexter was one of my favorite shows ever. By the end of that, it was like, what? He's going to open an ice cream stand? Like, what's happening? It was like, dude, by the end of Dexter, it was awful. You know what I mean? It's just like, this is just what happens. And I am like, again, I'm the guy who kind of tells you the truth. Like, I think there are a lot of Game of Thrones people who are just not willing to, like, give in and be like, I, the amount of reaction I saw was, oh, my God, it was so good. It was like, no, I think you want it to be that good. And I def- remember I defended it after the season premiere when everybody else was, like, cold on it. I was like, nah, let it play out. It's going to be fine. And here I am now. Everybody else is like, nah, you were right. It's so great now. And I'm like, eh, eh. And the reason why I bring this up is because somebody sent me a few new programs that may be coming out. They said, look, man, if you're looking for something new to binge watch, these aren't out now, but they will be out shortly. Okay. And a guy is starting a Kickstarter campaign for his animated series, Barry and Joe. It's an animated series that shows Barack Obama and Joe Biden 
go back in time as a crime-fighting duo. Barry and Joe, the animated series, sporting the tagline, Hope is on the way. The project is looking for $100,000 for storyboards, recording, animation, sound design, and pretty much, I guess, somebody to do all the work that this guy doesn't want to do. But according to the Kickstarter page, the pilot will show Obama and Biden being taken to a secret facility shortly after Donald Trump's inauguration, where they are shown a project run by a team of the world's greatest scientists, and occasionally Elon Musk will be in there, too. If if this sounds good to you, you need to go get your head checked, dude. What? Who is on Earth? I mean, Well, Phantom, I, wait. They get transported back in time. Who, they find themselves in the bodies of their younger selves with only the voice of Neil deGrasse Tyson, whom Reed hopes to bring onto the project to voice himself as their guide. Obama and Biden will then must have to find each other in the past and then find a way to travel to an alternative timeline with a better future. So we're turning Barack Obama and Joe Biden into Bill and Ted? Like... Barry and Joe, the Bill and Ted version? That's what's happening? I, I'm i with you. I think that sounds pretty lame, but I bet Netflix jumps all over it, right? Unbelievably lame. Um, unnecessary. I don't understand why anybody would be like, all right, that's what I really want to get behind. The time-traveling show's very... I will say this, though. A show about Barack Obama and Joe Biden's stupid. What? That's that's my issue, dude. Go send people back in time all you want to. Sure, that's... The, the, but dude, Fox tried it what, this year and it what, failed. What are you holding on to? What are you, like... What are you grasping at there of, like, oh, dude, remember President Obama? Like, what, come on, guys. Well, more TV that we don't need is headed to your uh, television as well. This one's actually coming out. A Jetsons live-action series has scored a pilot order at ABC. It's based on the classic, obviously, Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It will be a multi-cam sitcom set 100 years in the future. And Robert Zemeckis of Back to the Future fame will executive produce. And a couple of the guys who wrote for like Family Guy and Will and & Grace and stuff are going to pen it. And uh, I, apparently the animated series ran 24 episodes from 62 to 63, rebooted back, then again back in 1985, ended uh, then with a theatrical release in 1990. I Now, here's the thing. If you redid the cartoon, I think there's room for that. A live-action Jetsons? A hundred years in the future? I don't see it. Shut it down. Shut it all down, dude. Shut TV down. Shut the cable down. We're done. We're done. Live. What are we? What are a season of live action Jetsons? Not even like, hey, we're gonna do a movie. We're gonna try to grab the cash cow. No, a, a TV show. There's gonna be multiple episodes of this. Like, I'm supposed to tune in every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night at nine thirty. Check out the Jetsons. God. I'm being told uh, via Twitter that Breaking Bad was awesome, good to, uh, from start to finish. I would disagree. Very good television show, but by the end of that, too, it was like, dude, either kill him or arrest him, and let's just move forward. And by the way, Breaking Bad, how annoying was his wife and his kid? You could take both those characters out of that show, and the show gets much, much, much better from there. His kid annoyed the living crap out of me. Waiting for that kid to speak just constantly annoyed the living crap out of me. I think if you look back on it, really, Monday Night Raw, probably <laughs> oh the my. only television show in the history of television never gone through a tough time, baby. All killer, no filler, dude. All the hits. Monday Night Raw. Check it out. Proving once again, if you give a guy a button, he just can't <laughs> help but push the goddamn button. We'll send you to Vegas. Also get a look ahead at the Browns game tonight from our good buddy Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Both those things happen next on Rock 106.9. My time is now. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock.
106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here with a phenomenal job opportunity for you with a great partner of the Stansbury Show, Truebridge. Truebridge is a great opportunity for somebody wanting a new career in insurance sales, but it involves absolutely no clock. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show and Rock 106.9. Just sent somebody out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Your next keyword heads your way at 9 a.m. on the program. Stick around. Make sure you check that out. We do it every Monday at 8. We talk to Scott from waitingfornextyear.com. Today shall be no different, my man. I I, should, I, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. But I, I, I was made aware that apparently you were up late last night for SummerSlam, too. I sure was. Oh the b- biggest party of the summer, my friend. The biggest party of the summer. That's what I said this morning, dude. The biggest party of the summer. Yeah, 4th of July. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, America's right. birthday. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Well, no, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad both you ten year olds got got your your little excitement. Says the guy who was up late watching the Dragon Show last night. Uh, Scott, real quick, SummerSlam thoughts. Hit us with some. Uh, long again, you know, from five to eleven, the lot. Um, I, I think the it's I think having belts change hands on the pre-show is a bit weird. Um, you know the the. Uh, Usos New Day match probably should have been on the main card instead of the pre-show, but the last you know three four the big, the big matches uh, I think all were were really really good. So I I, I I can't have too many complaints. Well, I have a couple. <laughs> I, I I have a few. Um, I I do want to ask you this because I know you got I know you got ties into the Cavaliers. You got insiders. You got sources. You got all the thing. Um, can we get Kyrie Irving to talk about the? Eclipse today, like, what, like, how's he feel about that? What, like, where's Draymond coming down on this at? Remember, Draymond was like, "Well, we can't judge Kyrie for what he believes." So, like, um, what's their excuse today? Right? Their excuse for you mean the eclipse and everything? Well, no, for being flat earthers, like, because one oh, thing kind of yeah, flies I, in the face of the other. You know what I mean? Well, you just can't believe what you see, right? Oh. Or I mean, isn't that the thing? Like, you can't believe what you're told. You just got to do your own research. Oh. Is, what they, is what they keep was what they fall back on, which yeah, yeah, is really. Yeah. A convenient way of saying that everybody's just full of crap. <laughs> yes, but. it is. Yes, it is indeed. I, uh, I just, I, I, I found that to be interesting, and um, I, I know everybody's out to get Kyrie to say anything, you know, because you know uh, the tensions between he and LeBron and the Cavaliers are uh, uh, apparently at like really bad status and all that, and he wants out in the whole thing. So I know everybody wants him to talk about anything. I don't think anybody's going to be able to track him down. No, I, I, I haven't seen a quote from him really on the record on anything, on anything uh, all, right? You know, all summer, which is. I mean, I know he's been doing a lot of, like, tour things for Nike. I know he's been popping up at different camps and things like that. Uh, but none of them have been, conveniently, with any media around. So with, with, I, think, I, I, I would assume that's by design. With that being said, with no real direct quote coming from him all summer long, and I think it was late last week or maybe it was early, um, there was rumors about LeBron and him meeting up in a gym in Miami or something like that, and obviously it didn't come to blows or anything like that. Is there going to be any chance of them coming into training camp beginning of the season and being like, yo, that was all media hype, that was all overblown, and now we're just ready to play basketball again? So a couple of stories that have come out in the last week or so that are kind of interesting to me, and and it and, and really kind of makes sense if you if if this is the direction that that caused things to go the way they did. Dante Jones, um, you know, said that he feels the Cavs, in, specific to Kyrie and LeBron, would be fine if they had if they had enough time to have one one small conversation, you know. So I so you know, but it was very vague at the time. 
And then the Chris Broussard report came out and said, um, you know, Kyrie caught wind that the Cavs were going to trade him to Phoenix before the draft to try to obtain Paul, obtain Paul George. And Kyrie assumed LeBron had been the one to call the shots on that. And if, and he, because he felt that no trades would be done without LeBron's okay. Um, when in fact the, the, the issue that the trade didn't go down because of LeBron unwilling to give, you know, any kind of commitment, which, which I thought was interesting. But to that point, uh, you know, Kyrie thought if they were going to trade me, that was then, then I don't want to be here anyways. And then that's when not long after the trade request came down. Uh. So, you know, so if that's the case, that seems to me, if, if, that, if that is really what happened, and it wasn't anything big behind the scenes, it wasn't any, anything super dramatic, it wasn't anything related to being the star or any of that kind of stuff, that, that sounds fixable to me. I mean, that, that, is the, that is the kind of logic you know, that, would, that would root in back into what Dante Jones said about having a conversation. If LeBron and Kyrie can sit down and say, listen, dude, I'm not the one who wanted to trade you. They wanted a draft pick, and that's you're the one who Phoenix asked for. You're the one who's in demand. You know, I, I think that kind of conversation could be had. Now, that assumes all of this is true, but it, 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 as we inch closer to training camp here, I mean, we're like four or five weeks away right. from, from training camp starting, um, you know, and it doesn't sound like Kyrie's on the move. Sounds like he, it doesn't sound like he necessarily wants to be here. It doesn't sound like he's happy, um, but it also doesn't sound like the Cavs have any real reason to move a guy with two years on his contract if they're not getting an offer that they think is substantial. So, well, that's what I keep I don't hearing. Know. Is that I, what I keep hearing? Is that honestly, teams aren't willing to give up what we thought that they would be to get him. Yeah, well, because there's a lot of if you think of a lot of the teams who are potentially able to get him: Phoenix, Minnesota, Denver. Um, you know, these teams aren't exactly long-term you know destinations for high you know free agents in the NBA. Um, you know, so I think that it's very telling on their conviction that they feel they won't be able to re-sign him after the two years is up, which, if that's the case, then I, mean, I, I don't see Denver, you know, being uh, you know, a place where Kyrie's going to sign a five-year deal after all this is done. I wouldn't you know, think so, it, no. You know, so it's, but again, if he wants to be the face of a franchise and he wants to be, you know, everything else, Denver's not a bad place to be. Um, you know, New York, again, seems to be the logical destination for all parties. You know, he's, he's from that area. It's a big city. It's a big market. He would be the face of that franchise, especially if they were willing to trade Porzingis for him. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, and it's, it's. I think it's very indicative of his his unwillingness to commit. You know, he won't. Talk, he, he said he won't. There, there are reports he won't talk to any other teams prior to a trade being done. So they can't. They can't. They're not. They're unable to gauge if he is willing to stay there. So for that reason, all these teams are just going to lowball, hoping the Cavs are going to feel desperate. See, but you know, kudos, that... kudos, kudos to them for not showing any sort of desperation because they're saying, "Listen, you know, we have him for two years, and we'll we'll go to training camp with him. We won a championship with him. We don't we don't need to move him if you guys aren't going to pay the price." So I, I I think you know, kudos, and Kobe Altman knows that his his career, or at least his, his opinion opinions of him as a general manager, will largely hinge to whatever he does with this deal. And I uh, I think I, I give him a lot of credit for not you know just succumbing to whatever the first offer is. No, you don't want him to swing and miss, but I think it's very telling what Kyrie won't do 
for a guy who wants to get out. This all feels very much to me like I want to screw LeBron and Dan Gilbert as much as I possibly can walking out the door. It just feels that way to me. I don't know if I'm right about it, but it definitely feels that way. I need you, Scott, from winningfornextyear.com, though. I need you to get me excited to watch this Browns preseason game tonight. What am I looking for tonight? Sean Kaiser. Um, and, well, you know, Miles Garrett early on because he'll be with the ones. And then at some point, Deshaun Kaiser will come in in the first half, and you want to see if he can pick up where he left off last week, or last game, I should say, which was 10 days ago. Right. Um, and and, and that's, that's largely the quarterback. You're going to want to watch your quarterbacks. The, the offensive line is going to be nothing worth really paying attention to because Joe Thomas, Cam Irving, Joel Batonio, like a lot of these guys are going to be out. Um, you know, David Njoku, the tight end, the rookie tight end, will have his first, his first snaps of, of – of I guess you want to call it NFL action. Yeah, I want to see um, that. But it's but uh, it's going to come down to you. You're going to want to watch Garrett to see if you can keep up what he did. And Deshaun Kaiser, I mean, he clearly looked like the best quarterback on the field last time. Uh, he was playing against third string, you know, talent. Now he's moved up to second string, and he he might have some of the starters with him. Uh, you know, when when you know early on in his in his couple first years, so he's going to be easily the uh, the the one worth watching. Interesting. Um, I I heard Hugh Jackson say they're working on shortening his stride and throwing more from the you know and I mean keeping it online with his front foot, uh, working on his accuracy. But Hugh's saying as far as like training this guy along that he's not expecting him. They're not looking to rush him. But we know that that's a lie. I've always said that the most popular guy in the Browns roster is the backup quarterback because that's who it is. And I think by week nine, Deshaun Kaiser is the starter of this football team. I, if Vegas put the game at nine, I would bet the under. But I feel comfortable at game nine he will be our starter. Do you believe it? I, I'd be shocked if it went that long. Um, if he's not the starter week one, I think you're looking at like five. Um, wow. The, the, the issue is going to be the, the, the Browns, if you look at the schedule, you know, the Browns, if they play like an NFL team, I mean, could really go two and two here. If Flacco if Flacco's out against Baltimore and they're and and they're playing Ryan Mallett, who couldn't hit his bat, his running back in the flat last week, I mean though, though that 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 kind of shapes you into a in a position to win a football game. Sure, um, you know. So, but if if they start Osweiler and and get blanked zero and four against a, a a part of their schedule that has some winnable games, um, you know that's not good. And I think. I think week five to me would be the would be the one that you'd, you'd be looking at. But I really do think they they won't say this, but they would love this kid to be ready for week one if they can if they can ramp him up if he can play as well as he did last week or, or last game, um, you know against against the Giants and then carry that into the next two games because Hugh keeps saying don't don't pay attention to the depth chart now it's going to be weeks three and four that you're going to want to pay the most attention to. Um, you know, if, if that's the case and, and, and Kaiser comes out again and averages 10 yards a pass and, and, and hits guys in stride and while Osweiler's saying pass, sailing passes into the sidelines, um, it's going to be really, really hard to not go with them regardless of what their desires are to not, you know, quote unquote rush him. Sounds like Cody Kessler is going to be the newest employee at your local Heinen's any day now. Uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, you know, pretty good for Kessler there. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. My man, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. Fantone, you will not believe what this idiot in Alliance did. When I tell you this, in the presence of his own kid, for God's sake, when I tell you this, you're going to lose your mind. That will be next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sands right here. Be honest. 
there comes a time when everybody at your office is thinking about going out to lunch and you're just sitting there in your head like, please don't ask me to drive. My car's filled with trash. My kids have destroyed it. It's 15 years old. I need to upgrade my vehicle. I got good news for you. My good friends over at the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. When you're way out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival, that happens at 9 o'clock. Your next keyword headed your way. DJ Khaled, Miley Cyrus, Kings of Leon, Big Sean Lord, Thomas Rhett and Kesha. That's just night number two. Nothing but headliners. All of them. iHeartRadio Music Festival. 9 o'clock, you get your next keyword. The people opening the show, those are headliners. I am I'm terrified. Okay. I have um I've been I've been getting weak lately. Okay. In my fight to uh to not eat so much, I've been weak. Like, dude, I dude, yeah. this last week has been bad. Yeah, this morning was no better, dude. Oh, no, I came in with like a sack of food. Dude, and I, when he says a sack, we're talking like a garbage bag, dude. He threw me two pity sausage biscuits out of like, out of like, don't judge me. Here, eat these and don't judge me while I eat seven of them. And honestly, it's been, a, it's been a feat this entire morning. These hash browns, breakfast sandwiches, donut holes, dude. The guy's been going hard. First of all, they're blueberry fritter holes. Oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, and so you, you get the name right. Okay. And they're delicious is what they are but no it's been a, it's been a struggle but another thing that's been a struggle for me is cigarettes okay in january would be five years since i quit but i'm going Jeez. to green day tonight Jeez. and i'm going with my buddy who smokes and he's kind of like one of those people who can like pick up cigarettes and put them down like he'll smoke tonight and then he won't smoke again for a week okay and those kind of people make me nuts i don't know you know what i mean know. so it's gonna yes. be like it's gonna be there it'll be hot you know i got a beer in my hand watching green day play and there's my buddy probably all hammered smoking cigarettes and i can't uh, i'm worried about breaking because it dude i've been struggling with the cigarette thing a lot lately um i mean at this point you're so far deep into it i yeah, would but the problem i always talk about this is that there's no win like the there like the thing about giving up something that you love like that or that you were addicted to is that there's no win. Like all it is is just measurements of time and there's no celebration for it. Oh great, 4 years. Great. What do I get? There's no finish line and there's certainly no parade to it. No. I think people like, when What they, do I get? I think people when they when they start to deal with I guess sobriety doesn't necessarily apply to cigarettes, but when you give up an addiction, um, you do. You expect there to be like, all right, I'm gonna I did get it. something out of this. I did it. And now, if you get off hardcore drugs, it's like, dude, you saved your life. Now, again, dude, smoking kills you. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's not at the same pace. Not the, you can get away with smoking a little longer than you can. Obviously, doing hardcore drugs. Neither one of them are good for you, and you should stay away from both. But I've been, dude. Your your boy has been struggling with that. I've um, been struggling. I uh, I understand. I will encourage you not to uh, not to tempt fate, not to tempt the devil. There's no reason for you to go back, especially if you're going to just start smoking cigarettes again when you're 50. Just wait. Just hold on. It's coming up down the pipeline. You're going to be fine. Yeah, I'm, I got to wait it out. Green Day should be a good show, though. Yeah, he'll be all right. You know what I mean? They're okay. They are what they are. I'm not the biggest fan, but I do like them, so it, it will be good. And, I mean, dude. Three hours worth of hits, so long as they decide to play them. Now, well, a buddy of mine works at a radio station in Cincinnati, yeah. and they were just there the other night, and he hit me up, and he was like, "Yo, dude," he's like, "That's all they did was the hits." He's like, "That's all they did. They came out, the stage set was amazing, and it was just hit after hit after hit. He's like, they didn't go deep on anything." So, are you trying to uh, essentially give us the Stansberry's going to be extra cranky tomorrow morning? We're not here tomorrow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Sweet mother of God. Again, man, we got some vacation days to burn. And yeah. since Fantone and I are so very smart, what we decided to do was take Tuesday and Thursday off like a bunch of idiots. I don't know why we didn't just, you know what I mean? But we didn't. 
But yeah, no, because uh, you're going to Gaga on Wednesday, right? Indeed I am, Lady Gaga, up at the queue. Yeah, I kind of want to go to Gaga. I wish I was going to that. I'm pretty excited. Uh, me She's and my, good, man. Me and my girlfriend got tickets like the day they went on sale. And like, I'm not like a Lady Gaga enthusiast. I'm not like, oh my gosh, the greatest artist of all time. But I guarantee you it's going to be a show. Like, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. You, She's a performer and a half. It's going to be like over the top. I already looked at the stage. Like, my girlfriend's like, look at this. And it's like. You know, there's six different like tiers to it, and there's all sorts of different you know lighting and special effects and stuff. So the I'm pretty sanctimony excited. coming from her microphone from the stage, though, given what's going on in the country right now, might be a little annoying. Billy Joel too, though. Yeah, that's I was who Bi- say. that's who Billy Joel from Green Day is too. Like honestly, like it's gonna like there will be times tonight at Blossom when he's like spouting off of the mouth about politics, where I'm gonna be like, shut up and play basket case. That that's what I'm gonna be thinking. I'm kind of one of those. I wish, you know, I understand that performers can have opinions on other things and that, you know, just because they're a great songwriter doesn't mean that they're incapable of learning other things. It's just when I go to see a show, I kind of want to just go see the show or I just want to go see a basketball game or I just want to go see a football game, but that's not the world we live in anymore. A guy in Alliance got himself in a little bit of trouble, fans own Joshua A. Mounts, 40. Uh, an Alliance man sold heroin, fentanyl, and a mixture of other drugs to a police informant in the presence of, yes, his own 13-year-old son. His son, who also suffers from autism. That's according to the Stark County Jail Records. Police seized the illegal drugs, a glass meth pipe, a used syringe, and scales. That is a lot, a lot of drug paraphernalia. You're going to do some time on that. Of course. He was jailed on the charges of aggravated drug trafficking, trafficking in a controlled substance, felony criminal tools possession, possession of drug abuse instruments, drug paraphernalia possession, and endangering the children. Dear God. Yeah, I think all those, you know, are obviously valid crimes and they should be charged yeah. on all that. But I feel like there should be like a kind of like a, uh, a booster there where it's like you did all those things in front of your kid, whatever the minimum. Whatever. Well, if you sell drugs near a school, like, right. the, the, you, know, the, you know, the penalties are harsher. If it's your own kid, it should be just like that, too. Whatever we were going to sentence you for, like, let's say, all right, all those combined is 15 years since you did it in front of your kid, automatic doubling 30 years, go to jail. Yeah, I can't hate that. Mounts went to prison back in 2016 for heroin possession and illegal conveyance of drugs onto the grounds of a governmental facility. God, what did you bring him into the courtroom? Courtroom or rehab or something like Sounds that. Sounds like it, right? Yeah. 2009, he was uh, he was in for heroin trafficking, forgery, and deception to obtain dangerous drugs. And in 2013, fa- failure to comply with police. The 2013 charge stems from a car chase detailed in a Canton Repository article dated back of September 17th of 2012. So this guy's got a history. Yeah, and I mean, you can't be surprised that it's a history that's just riddled with drug abuse. No, at some point, dude, you just got to throw them away and, you know, throw the key away forever. Just let them out. Never let them out. I I, I, I just, at this point, you know, you feel awful for his kid. This kid. Sure. And I know they, they brought his autism into it, but whether you're autistic or not, to live in that reality where your dad's a heroin addict, not only a heroin addict, but bringing other addicts into your home, into your what's supposed to be the place where you feel most safe. safe. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've dealt not with heroin, obviously, but I've dealt with people that I knew that were selling drugs and they would have their kids around. And there's one apartment complex I lived in. Um, this guy would ride around on his bike and would carry his kid and he was just driving around in the apartment complex like a bicycle or like a bicycle okay. just dope boy in it you know selling drugs to whoever wanted to buy them and that white tee but he had just like had his like his kid just like holding him with him just going around on this you know on this huffy Jeez. and i mean it just it, it, i learned it by watching you dad well, i mean it just it, exactly you know that kid had zero shot at no life. shot at life none so yeah that's a that's a very 
very depressing thing. Uh, I, this is also a little depressing. I have five facts about your penis you might not know, and we'll make you aware. And that will happen next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Pegs. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. After you've been in a car accident, all you want is peace of mind. And North Canton Collision can give it to you. So whether you've been in a collision, big or small, North Canton Collision, that's who you call. Every repair at North Canton Collision comes with a lifetime warranty. And they use stick. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Missed anything last week? Podcast it right there. 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Also coming up at 9 o'clock, somebody is about to get a five-year contract extension for their job. And this is somebody that just a few short years ago, everybody was sure was going to lose their job forever. And now, going to get a five-year contract extension. I'll tell you who that is at 9 o'clock. I did stumble across this, though, via Maxim.com. A couple of uh, random facts about the penis here. All right. Can you tell the size of a man's penis from the size of his shoes? According to pre-existing data, the answer, shortly put, is no. You cannot tell any way, shape, or form how big a man's penis is based on how big his feet are. Now, I've always heard feet and hands, so my guess is if they're saying no on the feet, that it's going to be no on the hands as well. I would imagine so as much. Okay. But they're saying that there is no data whatsoever to support that. Um, the only thing I would say about that is I would think it's a safe assumption that your body is going to grow pretty much proportionately to the rest of your body. And I think I hear that wasn't true about Andre the Giant. I would think that. Well, I mean, when you're getting into giantism there, that probably does maybe different. Sure. You know, that's that's kind of on the extreme level. But I would just assume that the larger the person, the larger their organs, the larger I would have thought, you know what I'm saying? The larger their heart, the larger their penis. Like that just kind of all makes sense together. Yeah, I would have thought. But they're saying uh, as far as feet go, can't tell a single thing about it. Guys want to know if they can make their penis bigger. We've all seen those ads and commercials, supplements, everything. They say, and while there's penile augmentation surgeries available, they come with huge risks, so it doesn't really really weigh out for you, which I can't believe we haven't perfected that, by the way. In a country full of people that are like, wait a minute, Viagra's covered, but my my birth control isn't? In that world where all that stuff is true, I'm not knocking it, it is true, I can't believe that breast implant surgery you can do in a strip mall, but increasing the size of a penis we haven't mastered? Yet? Yes, I take your point. I think you do have to remember, like, yeah, breast surgery and easier butt surgery. Well, easier and like I get to see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, of course I'm going to as a, as a as a man as as the as that. It's like, well, yeah, of course, dude. She she needs new boobs. I'm gonna I'm gonna put all of my my scientific information and all, everything that you know that I've trained for in my in my career. Of course, I'm gonna be able to figure that out. But I mean, it just shows how complex like getting a bigger D is. It, you just can't like you're just like, oh well, dude. This gas station pill. Right now, women are like, "Do we talking about? I just swiped the other way on Tinder. I'll find a bigger D right now." They say here that if these products really work so well to make your penis bigger, they would be writing about them in scientific journals, and big pharmaceutical companies would be cashing in on them. They would not be yeah. over the counter yeah. at like you know your local petrol station, which I totally understand. I think that does make a lot of sense. The only thing, petrol's gas, by the way, millennial. The only the only thing that 
makes me is the the placebo effect of like, yeah, I'm sure sometimes you do take those and you're like, dude, look how big it is. It's because in your mind you've allowed yourself to believe that like I'm going to have a thicker, fuller yeah, it's the placebo effect. That, right? Yeah. Uh, they wanted to know, are there racial differences in penis size? Now, they say here that they have not found any racial differences. They say most penises essentially are pretty similar. That they um, they say here that yes, we all heard the racial stereotypes, but they say there's not as there's not as much data to back that up. Now, one person cannot like make this statement for a fail swoop for for an entire you know two races of people. But my friend Barbara uh, is a is a white woman that dates predominantly. She, she normally dates black men, right? Okay. But she has dated white men. Okay. And so I've, I've obviously drunkenly asked her this question multiple times. You know what I mean? And she swears to me. Now, I've never slept with Barbara. I slept with her sister, but never Barbara. And she swears to me that, that the extreme cases of African-American male are that is that, yes, that, you know what I mean? That they'll open the fly and damn, look at that. But she says on average, it's not, it's no different. She said most black guys that she's been with have been right around where the average white dude's penis is. And I would have never known that. Yeah, I mean, the law of averages. And, I would have never thought that. You know, I'm sure that she's... Well, dude, we got to start getting the word out. Out of... <laughs> like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, dude, that needs to be... Dude, let's campaign on that. I don't know how promiscuous Barbara is. It was um, a little bit. Well, and I mean, she's a, a chick named Barbara. I don't even... Babs. It's just... It's just, a, it's just a, it sounds like a rarity. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure for, you know, let's say 10 white guys, 10 black guys, and 10 Asian guys, yes, nine of those dudes from each race is probably going to be exactly where they're supposed to be one of those dudes from each race is going to be zip flop oh my god and probably one of those dudes from each race is going to be like oh my god where'd that go yeah where's dude like is that is that does that even count i just i mean stereotypes are bad right. but le- but let's not pretend like that black dudes have enjoyed the like that we have a bigger penis yeah but i would imagine that they, they probably don't hate that one having a little bit of a like a one-up on somebody always feels good especially um, you know it's something all men want imagine being that guy though from that from that section who doesn't have like a large penis just a just an average d and you're you're black i mean what are you like hanging your hat on bitch. Well, you know I mean? well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what what are you hanging out? I mean, you might as well be there. me. We both got a 300 credit score. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you might as well be me. On the flip side of that, dude, I mean, like just imagine being an Asian dude who's automatically assumed that you have a small like you have a small one. You know what I'm saying? Like that is automatically the assumption. Yeah, that is the assumption. So, like, it's just, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's just as many Asian dudes out there who are just, like, packing one, and they never get a shot to show it. You know, here's the thing, though. Like, in pornography, I have seen, obviously, like, an average-sized African-American, you know, penis, black penis there. I've never seen an abnormally large Asian penis in born. Oh, no, there's a there's a dude out there who's doing it now. What? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know what his name is, but I'll do a little bit of research and I'll find <laughs> Asian it. Asian street meat or what's his, what's his, I don't I don't know. I, 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 I don't know that. No, there's been like a dude who's kind of been like one of the uh, what do I, I mean, just one of the up and coming male male talents in the industry. So. You know, I'm a little proud of myself for not knowing that. Yeah, they uh they uh they're, 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 I feel like they're trying to kind of diversify their male talents recently where the 
they're trying to put more and more. I didn't even know they had male talent. Different kinds of guys out there. So, and who can ever tell what size of their penis is? It's already it's always edited. Like it's always got like the you know the jumbled face over it. They don't they don't allow like the uncensored porn. If that's if you're coming like from Japan, I'm just saying a a person of Japanese. Oh, this guy's from L.A. Yeah, and making making American pornography. Interesting. Interesting. If you're uh, if you're curious, the average penis size is five point two inches. Okay. And four point six inches uh, in width girth there. Okay. So five and a, you know, see five point two. This is what we're always talking about. I think guys get all in their head about the size of their penis. And it says here, actually, this is this is a very interesting fact here. And I was surprised to find this out that most women in relationships are more than satisfied with their with their partner's penis. I, you know, you say most the average penis five point two, and most women are satisfied. Like. I don't know, unless you're showing her the measurements, I mean, she's not going to necessarily know, is your penis, you know, 5.8 or 5.2, or is it 6.1? And, like, guys get caught up in that, and it just, if, if you're yeah, using... Yeah, she's not got the tape measure Right, out. if you're using it correctly, and if you're going into sex confidently, like, dude, you're probably fine. Relax. You're, you're, you're like, tell her tell her you love her, p- pick up the kitchen after after dinner, and then all of a sudden you guys are going to bone it out no matter how big your D is. Spencer tweets in, says, as if Monday it wasn't bad enough. You guys had a room. I week with this segment right off the bat. Well, Spencer, we've been in the air three hours, buddy. Wake up earlier, slacker. I don't know what you want me to tell you. So a guy who we all thought was going to get fired is getting a five-year contract extension, and I'm guessing for a lot, a lot of money. I'll tell you who that is. Give you the details next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit pigs. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Spirit Show. On Rock 106.9. Hey, welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Just sent somebody else out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Teresa will have your next opportunity at 11 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Be sure you're listening to her. And win a trip or two out to sunny Las Vegas. There is a Twitter account that I really like. And it's, uh, which I know is rare, <laughs> but it's called freezing cold takes. Hot take is like the, that's been the word in like sports media for like three years now. Like if you say something and nobody, and, and somebody disagrees with you, you're, you're being hot takey. Yeah. I mean, it's come to mean whatever. It's like, I feel like. Forget about it. It's I, like that. It means everything now. Right. I feel like it's like saying somebody's a millennial and it's like, no, I'm just younger than you. You, you dislike right. me. Um, but, you know, it originally started out as you say something inflammatory in the sense of, you know, whether you believe it or not, you're saying it just because, you know, like pff, Tom Brady, not even that good of a quarterback. Like probably that is even, a hot take. Right, pff, not even probably not even top five. That's you know, a hot that, take. That's hot take, Phil. And like nobody wants to be in the business of that. That's that's very close to like a shock jock coming in with a shock jock. So what freezing cold takes does is that they go through Twitter, find sports media people and regular media people, find their old opinions, and then like hold their feet to the flame about it. Right. Okay. And so they go back to 2014. Here's Keith Olbermann. After after report, authorities sent NFL hashtag Ray Rice tape in April. All that's left for Roger Goodell is bye, Felicia. Eric Wilbur, bye-bye, Goodell. Brandon Winard, bye-bye, Goodell. Shannon Loftus, bye-bye, Goodell. You are bad for football and bad for humanity. Please crawl into a hole. So this was all about in the same time of the Ray Rice tape. This is all about okay. the Ray Rice issue and the punishment handed down. So now fast forward to 2017. Three years later, Roger Goodell 
very close to signing a five-year contract extension with the NFL to be their commissioner. They no longer have to give you his salary on record anymore. So my guess is it's going to be a lot. Well, of course. I mean, dude, you're the you're the you're the head of a multi-billion dollar industry. Like, of course you're gonna get paid a lot of money and rightfully so. Oversaw the expansion of the game yeah. and again was what we always talk about with this guy. I like people like bash Roger Goodell, but ratings and revenue are all up. They're all up. And I don't know what more you want the guy to do. Now I will tell you, he does get himself into some weird situations with the punishment aspect of his job. And I'm not sure that he should be the sole body of that. And maybe there should be like a panel. But like this Ezekiel Elliott thing, like he's going to pass down the judgment on it. And he's not even in the room when they're discussing this. Like that is weird. I do find that to be strange. If Like if my career was on the line, right? And the guy who was judging it or going to make the call of what my suspension or my firing or whatever it was going to be, if he was only being reported back to from people who were in the meeting, I would have a serious issue with that. Because how do I know what they're telling him is what happened? Yeah, I mean, your voice needs to be at the table in that moment. I think that's crazy for it not to be. And I understand why in in the moment of that Ray Rice video... Why it felt like, yes, Roger Goodell's job is on the line, too, um, obviously did not turn out that way. And that's got to be, honestly, that has to be the toughest or at least one of the toughest parts of his job because, you know, it's not like I have perspective on it. But being consistent with punishments and looking at everything in a case-by-case scenario, sometimes that probably feels like two mutually exclusive ideas where it's like, well, dude, I I can't just say, like, you know, there's a mandatory minimum sentence for X, Y, and Z because each case is going to be its own individual thing. And when the buck stops on your desk like it does Goodell, that does have to be, honestly, probably the hardest part of his job. You got to stay fluid because, yeah, all cases are going to be different. He made $32 million in the fiscal year of 2015, according to the league's tax filing from that year, and has made $212.5 million in his first 10 years as commissioner. The NFL no longer required to file his salary publicly as the league office has given up its nonprofit status. I did not know that. Goodell 58 took over for Paul Tagliabue back in 2006. His original contract was extended in 2009 and then again in 2012. I think a little bit of what you hear about Roger Goodell and like the hate that comes down from this guy is we all hate the teacher. Because, oh, yeah. you know what I mean, he's the adult in the room that makes the trains run on time, and so of course players are going to be unhappy. And it's so much easier to hate Roger Goodell than it is to hate your favorite running back. It's right. so much easier to hate Roger Goodell than it is the team that you watch every Sunday. So it is. He's an easy target. Right. He has no affiliation. To me, you know... Our to have t- what he's there for. Right. It's to just be the man. Right. Just to be the, 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 the powers that be and like, well, you know, my life sucks and the only joy I have is on... Football Sunday, and now my you know team sucks or whatever. And what are you going to do? You can't you can't stop watching football. So to so to I boo mean, Roger Goodell at the, at the at the draft. Sports fans are just unhinged. I mean, go back to Deflategate, right? Like, dude, Patriot fans were out there saying, "Well, the NFL's against the Patriots." What? You guys are a dynasty. You've won five championships yeah. with Tom Brady. If the NFL was against you, I don't think Tom Brady gets the five rings. Like, dude, sports fans are just unhinged. Yeah, I mean, and like Cleveland Browns, all oh, the NFLs against the Browns. No, they're not. They're just terrible. Those are two, those are, both. Those things are true. The, the the Patriots are that good, and the Browns are that bad, exclusively of the NFL being for or against them. Those have nothing to do with each other. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how our Browns are going to do tonight as they're back in action against the New York Football Giants. How do you think that goes? 
Um, well, I mean, much like last game, I think, you know, you're going to have to look for building blocks here. And I don't know how we see it. None of our offensive line is playing where they're going to be playing. Right, right. And, and, and our, our, apparently our week one starter at quarterback isn't the guy we're looking for tonight. That's what I was going to say is I think Brock Osweiler probably has the most to gain tonight in the sense of if he goes out there and looks like a competent NFL starter, I'm not even saying looks great. I'm just saying doesn't look lost, doesn't look like he's over or like, you know, it doesn't look like the moment is 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 consuming him. I think it's his to win tonight. I think Deshaun Kaiser um, can solidify himself as the number two. But if I'm looking for what's best for the Browns, I want Brock Osweiler to perform well tonight. Yeah, I hate to say that, but I agree. I I, I think Kaiser is best served. Even though you're learning underneath a guy who I don't think can really do it, it's still being around it. It just, you know, I, I like when I got into the radio business, it's like nobody let me grab the microphone the first no. year I was there. It's like, you know what I mean? But being around the studio and being around the guys who were on the air and being around and doing things, you just learn how to do things just by by being near it. No, no matter no matter what tonight, it's not like Deshaun Kaiser is going to come in and be so good it ends the debate. Really what would happen there is Brock Eisleweiler would be so bad that Deshaun Kaiser could piggyback him, could jump over that hurdle. Yeah. But that doesn't make Deshaun Kaiser like so good where it's no. like, well, that's the dude. So like I said, I mean, from a Browns perspective, from a Browns fan perspective, all I'm looking for and what I really want to happen is get out there and go be the field general, Brock Osweiler. Get out there and do what you're supposed to do. Don't be the best ever at it. Just go be competent at it, and that'll be a victory for me. What do you got tonight? What do you think is going to happen? I don't, I don't think any of it matters. Our offensive line isn't playing where they're supposed to be playing. It's all vanilla defenses. It's all, dude. I, I honestly, I hate the preseason. I everybody hated this idea, but everybody wants to change the schedule. Less games, more games, this and that. Just make them count. I don't understand this. So the Ohio State Buckeyes cannot have a preseason. They can just kind of like practice scrimmage against one another, show up on game day, and Urban Meyer can have them ready to go, but I can pay you $5 million a year and then you can't do it? Isn't the first three or four weeks of every college football team powerhouse, isn't that kind of their preseason? All right, you can make the argument that, that, that they're not in the toughest part of their schedules, but we could do that with the NFL too. That's all scheduling. You know what I mean? We could do that with the NFL too. I don't know how the answer is and just make these things count. Everybody gets what they want. More money, more games. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. I just, I don't understand it. Wednesday night, somebody has the opportunity to come away with a huge piece of money. We're going to examine that and also some of the numbers behind the eclipse happening today. We'll break all that down for you next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. If you're sick of driving to work in a car you're embarrassed of, you don't have to do that anymore. My good friends over at the Wakeham Auto Family have put a huge amount of their pre-owned selection on sale for you. Right now, the Wakeham Auto Family has a beautiful 2013 Buick Encore for under $14,000. That Buick Encore only has 33,000 miles, a clean history, and it has been in absolutely no accidents. And it comes with a backup camera, Bluetooth, power driver seat, leather steering wheel, a turbo engine, and that 20. 13 Buick Encore on the Wake Model Mile right now gets you 33 highway miles per gallon, and it also has alloy wheels and a huge trunk area. If you're taking stuff back and forth to your kids' practices, that's going to come in handy. You can also find a 2013 Hyundai Sonata 1069. You're a jerk.
You're a jerk. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Win your way out to Las Vegas at 11 o'clock. Teresa will give you your next keyword for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. You text it in. Off to Vegas you go. Check out DJ Khaled, Miley Cyrus, The Weeknd, Chris Stapleton, Pink, 30 Seconds to Mars, David Guetta, Harry Styles, Coldplay, a bunch of others. 11 o'clock, Teresa will give you your next keyword of the day. Coming up on Wednesday, Fantone, nobody has won, like, uh, what is it, the Powerball? And $650 million is up for grabs Wednesday. Dear God, is that a lot of cash? It's a lot of money, dude. Honestly, that's kind of an astronomical amount of money. I don't even, I can't even, like, wrap my head around it. You know what I'm saying? Like, $650 million. They always say it's about, what, like, 46 47% or whatever you got to give up in taxes. So let's just make it 50 and, like, you know, wipe it right down the middle, dude. 325 Like, here's the thing about that. You could take half of 325 and I'd still be like, yeah, I think I can do it. Right. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I can make it. I mean, not to like, you know, you could blow half of that. You could be like, you know what? Oh, I'm going to and I would. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to cut it in half and I'm going to put, you know, half of it into some sort of, you know, Roth IRA or whatever the hell they talk about in those financial commercials. And the other half, I'm going to just see what I do with it. You could blow half of it. And still walk away, you know, with 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 125 plus, dude. It, it, it's astronomical the money. It, I can't even comprehend it. I uh, I'm trying to think of what I would do first. Like I always think about that. Like, what do I do? See, cause, but here's the thing: we have this perspective of poor people where it's like, well, the first thing I'm going to do is going to buy, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pay off all my bills and buy a house. And it's like, yeah. And then you still have three hundred twenty five million dollars left. Like my goals, my like my ambitions with that money are just so small potatoes compared to what that money is. You know what I mean? Like, what am I? What am I? Let's say I buy a five million dollar house and five million dollar house. Then what? Then I have $320 million left. Dude, here you could buy a street. You could. I mean, dude, you, I mean, honestly, you probably get your name thrown up on that Hall of Fame up there, dude. I mean, it's $325 million. That's a lot of freaking cash. Yeah, well, you move. I See, here's the thing, though. And I don't know if this makes me awful or not. All right. Yes, is what I'm going to guess, but I <laughs> but don't know where you're going. With. Every time I think about winning this money, I'm like, but no, but people are going to know. And then I'm going to have to give it to them. Like, um, here's the thing. Like, I would totally knock you off a piece, obviously, because yeah, yeah. I would be like, all right, well, if I quit, it kind of, like, affects his, right. you know, livelihood. I should, you know what I mean? Obviously, talented dude would probably get hired somewhere, but, like, let's make sure you can make it through. So, like, you'd be okay. My mom would be all right because she's going to die any minute, so right. I'll get it right back. And then, uh, which, although the government, though, so I might actually just put my mom on a payroll and not that way not have to take the money back because the government sucks like that. I'd probably knock my brother off a little. I got a couple of friends, about three or four friends that would get some money. And then, but like outside of that, like I, I want to change my dude. I don't want my cousins and nephews and everybody coming out of the woodwork. I don't want it. No, of course. I mean, this really would be, you know, it's going to be a pain in the ass. They, uh, they have famously said mo money, mo problems. And this would be a case of like the problems you have in your life now just wouldn't exist anymore in the sense of like those people wouldn't exist anymore. A vast majority of what you do on a day to day basis today it's not going to be a part of your future. I mean, and that's, you know, you can say, well, for better or worse, like, these are my people, but, like, I don't know, dude, when it gets a lot better. No, I have no ride right, or dies. Right, dude, like, it's time to go. Dude, I have ride or dies when I'm broke. At $325 million, dude, you're all strangers to me at that point. Like, <laughs> dude, I got, dude, I got nothing. And, uh, you know, it, we, you see pro athletes do it with, 
thirty million, and this is three hundred twenty-five million, which is considerable amount more. Um, yeah, a little bit. But the last thing you would want to do is to become like entourage guys to have people around you, and no. th- that is that. That's how that's how people older. lose. That's how people lose their fortunes. Yeah. That's how people lose. You know, shady investors and friends that are giving you bad business advice and things like that. No, dude, you don't want that. In your Some life. of the best advice I've ever like heard about money. And coming into like a windfall of money like that was from Mark Cuban, of all people. And he made his fortune. But what he said is, is like people who win the lottery or get like something like that happen, he goes, everybody tells you to invest. And Mark Cuban's advice was, were you an investor yesterday? No. no. So what makes you one today that you got a ton of money? He said, dude, if you get a ton of money and you spend accordingly and you just put it in the bank, the interest in a regular bank will be more than enough for you to live on as long as you don't go crazy. Well, yeah, I'm not just going to say like, hey, go down to Huntington and just be like, hey, here's a check for $325 million. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to put you in like a wealth management program there. But you're right. It, like, If you think you're going to turn into this like wheel and dealing stockbroker, you know, Wolf of Wall Street character just because yeah. you have money. Now, could you buy the Ferrari and bang the chick and snore sure. blow? Of course you. You're good. Sure you of course you're good, but you you're should. not gonna. But you're not gonna day trade, right? Like that's a, and so like that's where I think a lot of people make their mistakes. Obviously, yeah, dude, I would move for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would buy a pretty palatial house on the coast of Oregon. I, I would imagine that's probably where I go. Um, but that's if you stay in the states. Three hundred twenty-five million dollars, dude. You could live anywhere in the world. Yeah, and you could you know fly in, fly out, do whatever you wanted there. At the same time, I'm still living in America. I am. Like, there's no doubt about it. I am. I don't know, man. I, 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 as far as like travel and stuff, yeah, man. I can Where go- would you go first outside of the United States? Give me the first place you go. Uh, first place I'm going to go. I feel like I'd probably want to go on some sort of like African safari. I feel like I'd want to go like, yo, let's go look at elephants and lions. Dude, and I stuff just got like three hundred twenty-five million dollars. Now I want malaria. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you, man? The Ferrari dealership's the first place you go, Fantone. And then probably Shorb to the drug dealer's house. <laughs> I know I said outside of America, but have you ever been to Shorb? It feels like it's outside of America. Oh, dude, you don't have to go to Shorb now. Go up into Jackson. They have the same drugs. It's just a different dealer up Shh, there. They're man. not ready to hear that yet, bro. <laughs> Jackson ain't woke. What are you doing? Dude, you can't freak those people out. We still need them, man. We'll close out the program. We will do it next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock Station. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We have another trip for Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Teresa at 11 o'clock gives you your next keyword of the day. She'll do it again for you at 1 and then 2. And then Fishhead has a couple of opportunities for you. 3, 4, 5, 6 o'clock. Nikki 6 even. 8 o'clock this evening. Multiple opportunities for keywords for you to win a trip for two out to Las Vegas. iHeartRadio Music Festival. It's a good prize, man. All the all the, all the all the text messages you've sent out in the past never never got your trip to Vegas, did they? Nope. No. Nope, they did not. I read a report today that says that this eclipse thing that's happening today yeah. will cost U.S. businesses $700 million in lost productivity. Jesus, dude. $700 million in lost productivity. I don't know how they calculate that, but like that seems, I don't know, excessive? I mean, for something that is, what, it's about an hour in each area. Yeah, I mean, it's not an all-day thing. You get maybe two hours out of it, but... 
I mean, you've got, you know... Talking about it. Right. And then, yeah. Reading internet articles about it and, you know, just general not doing your job. Normally, it's like the Super Bowl, they talk about this. They talk, you know, and I know the NCAA March Madness Tournament, like, a lot of this comes in. The college football, like, you know, they'll do a lot. Normally, it's sports that do this. The lost productivity thing. Um, I wouldn't have thought the... uh, I don't know. I just, I, I like I said earlier today, I want to be hyped up about this, but I just, I don't care. I understand that, you know, what do I want to say? It's a, it's a, it's a marvel of the world. Sure. Like, you know. In, but so am I. Oh, there you go. Dan stands very, very comparable to a total eclipse. Um, it just doesn't. I, I can don't, block out the sun. I don't feel compelled to like go see it live. I mean, I don't feel like <laughs> I'm waiting for the Netflix version. Uh, exactly, dude. I really am. I'm like, well, I'll see it on the Weather Channel. And there's a little. Do bit- they give you a holiday fireplace on Netflix? Where, where's, where's the eclipse? There's a little bit of me that's like concerned about going blind, and it's like, is it really worth it to me to put myself in a situation where I uh, do permanent eye damage? That guy in Oregon, like, what it was 1963 or whatever? He says 22nd looking at that was all it took for him to be partially blind after that. Right, and even you know, I know a place that's you know, that was like, hey, if you want a pair of glasses, we got it for you. Um, but it's just like, am I trusting I, that? Do I trust this $3 pair of glasses? Right, to slapped s- together last minute so us idiots could look at the sky? I don't know. To me, it just seems like there's more cons than there are pros. I mean, at, at the most, I might see it and be like, wow, dude, that's amazing. But more likely, I'm going to see it. I'm going to be like, all right, I don't want to go blind. What am I looking at this This for? This is the first, what, full solar eclipse in like 99 years, though, right? Like, this is like the first one of these we've had in like 100 years, I think. I I, I know there's different versions of this. And I know, I remember when I was in like grade school, there was one, but it wasn't this, obviously, because I'm not 100 years old. Right. But then there's the guy who went blind from it 35 years ago or whatever in the 60s. And was that a a full total eclipse? Or I don't know what that, no, I don't believe so. So that was just a partial eclipse that that he went blind on there. So. I don't know. Yeah, yes, I want to see it, but I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to go blind either. So your boy's a little nervous about. Everybody's this. asking, dude, are you gonna play golf in the middle of it? And I'm like, no, probably well, not. I mean, you can go. I don't think it's so much you have to be worried about that. Like, just. You, but the thing is, I don't like stare at the sun on a daily basis anyway. So no, it's, it's not. That's not what you're supposed to do right. with the sun. So I, I don't. I think you can go out there and go swing them. I just don't think you know. I need a nap. All right. Well, yeah, you got a big night tonight. I forgot. I slept for about 15 minutes last night. Like, I got no sleep last night. Like, 3.45 in the morning, I was, like, staring at the alarm clock, like, why am I awake? Then the alarm goes off at 4. I was like, all right, well, get up. Get in the shower. So I uh, I need a nap. Yeah, I'm going to Green Day later. And, uh, dude, my buddy is, like, a huge Green Day fan, one of his favorite bands. Right. And so I was like, yeah, man, I'll make a few phone calls. Let's see if we can make that happen. And uh, he's like, why don't you just go with me? And I was like, all right, yeah, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, I like Green Day, but he, he's a huge fan, so, like, I'm pretty excited for him. Yeah, it's good to do something nice for your buddies. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It'll be two hours, nothing but hits. I mean, like I said, I saw the set list from Cincinnati. I think it was last night, day before, whatever it was. And uh, it, it was all the stuff you want to hear. Do you know who's opening for him? I do not know that. I, uh, I I have not done uh, my investigative homework on that. Man, who even cares? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what is it going to be? Some crappy pop punk band? Yeah. So you know, well, you know, we'll be out there in the field, you know, drinking some beer, watching uh, watching the Green Day there. Uh, what are you going to plan on doing with the rest of your day? We're off tomorrow, so like, what are you, you going to celebrate? You going to watch the eclipse? You going to? Um, gonna... I 
I'm flipping the coin on the eclipse. I really am. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. And honestly, there's a little bit of me that's like, well, dude, you just stick your face in your girlfriend's cleavage. <laughs> it's the same thing. You won't be able to see anything. You'll be happier. Everybody wins. That's what it is. Dude, you could have an eclipse every day. Just find cleavage and bury your face in it. I gotta tell you, dude, I pass out good advice that all is, the time. Solid, I, mean, dude. I, dude, I mean, just solid good ideas constantly coming out of this program. We'll be back, but it will be Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. on live on Rock 1069. You guys have a fantastic few days. We'll see you. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. After you've been in a car accident, all you want is peace of mind. And North Canton Collision can give it to you. So whether you've been in a collision, big or small, North Canton Collision, that's who you call. Every repair at North Canton Collision comes with a lifetime warranty. And they use state.